0: Today we're speaking with Paul Hansen. Hey Paul, how are you?
1: Good, how are you doing?
0: I am well, and I'm excited to learn a lot about your business here. Paul is the president of Epcon Franchising. They work with builders who want to grow much larger, simplify their operations, and diversify into new product lines. They have the tag franchising here, so I believe that we're going to hear a lot more about what it takes to franchise models as as well, and I'm excited to get into that, but before we do, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career.
1: Yeah, well, I've been in the construction industry my entire adult life. I started right out of college with a large national builder, and I was with them for about 12 years, Uh, worked in construction primarily, but also had some stints in purchasing and sales and some other areas of the business as well. And it's about seven years ago, I was approached by another home building franchise, one that focuses on high-end custom when I was living in the Tampa area and had never even heard of the concept. It's still very much a, a niche even within franchising. And not a lot of people in the home building industry are aware of what we do. Right. But I was really intrigued by it, just the idea of working with these small businesses across the country, taking a lot of the tools that I had from a national builder perspective and bringing them to them in in their local markets and helping them grow and compete against the the larger regional or national builders and uh, get a leg up on the competition. And And
0: so that, that is Epcon franchising. Yeah, that's the business that you have now?
1: It is, yeah. So we'll work with builders across the country. We have 82 right now that have signed on. And they build our product, they go to market as our name, they use our marketing materials, and we provide collective resources and systems and processes that they can use to really grow their businesses and expand into a production building mentality.
0: Wow, I mean, it is a great business to be in right now, I would imagine, Paul. So uh, tell me a little bit more about the, the market that you guys are finding yourselves in.
1: Well there's lots of good and bad. The good is that it's not too difficult to sell a house right now. It's a little more difficult than it has been in my entire career to actually build a house and get all the materials for it. So mm. that's the rub. Um the fact that people have a lot of excess savings that they're sitting on from the results of the pandemic, fact that they are spending more time at home, a lot of cases working from home, they they have identified that their current home is not working for them. So demand is at an all-time high within the industry. And we just have to balance that with the cost increases that we're seeing and uh, get a little better in terms of how we buy our houses. So we can make sure that we have all the products on hand to to build in a relatively reasonable amount of time.
0: So you, EPCON franchising works with local home builders, uh, regional home builders, I guess, that are trying to obviously expand Tell me a little bit about the way that they take advantage of your, basically the blueprint services that you guys offer.
1: Yeah, and there's a few different scenarios there. Uh, A lot of times we'll bring in a custom builder that is used to doing really one-off specific projects, high-end, one of a kind, and they want to standardize their systems and processes, standardize their business, and grow into a broader market than they can serve just by being a really expensive custom builder. Uh, We also bring in a lot of regional builders that are already doing a substantial number of homes a year, but don't do any of the 55 plus housing that we are are known for. And so they want to plug that in. And so what they get, they obviously get our floor plans that have been proven successful across the country. Uh, They get access to all of our marketing materials. So they're saving quite a bit of investment and time in both plans and marketing assets. And then they get a support team that really helps them every step of the way. So we have Someone on the team who coaches them and consults with them on land acquisition to make sure that they're not making a mistake at the very beginning of the process, somebody that works with them as they're starting to set up their specifications and their purchasing, and another person that works with them on sales as they're ready to begin writing contracts and a number of other back office things in between those steps as well. But we're we're all about making sure that they get out to market quickly and that they know what the, the proven recipe is that's been so successful for us across the country and uh, adapting that a little bit to the nuances of their market. So they're able to get out there quickly and and build a lot of homes for buyers that need this type of product based on the life stage that they're in.
0: So I imagine support services were uh, definitely in, in need over the last couple of years as we've worked our way through this, this pandemic. Tell me a little bit about the learnings and insights that have come out of, of the last couple of years for you.
1: It was really interesting, especially in the, the home building business, like many businesses really changed overnight, March, two years ago. And what we found is just the strength in numbers that we had with all of our franchise builders and our, our corporate support team, we were able to adapt really quickly and invest in the resources that they needed to overnight transition from selling out of model homes to selling online, writing contracts remotely, um, even starting homes without even meeting the buyers. So Um, When I think of maybe builders that would be on their own in a market, they just wouldn't have access to the vendors that we already had the relationships, Mm. the assets that we had already invested in, that we could then take and adapt and and get people to the point where they could meet the market, given the conditions that were happening when all the model homes closed and in some states even construction activity was, was stopped entirely by state orders.
0: Right. uh, State orders. And I imagine uh, now probably there's just a surge of demand for for builders, for talent, you know, people that are working on site must be that must. I imagine that's a challenge for folks.
1: It is. And it's really hitting an inflection point in the industry where so many people that have been resistant and our industry in general, home building has been resistant to change for many years. I think back to when I started in the business in 2003, we we're building homes largely the same way that we are today. There just isn't another manufacturing industry out there that, that would say that, that they're doing things 20 years later the way <laughs> they were 20 years ago. So it, it's really starting though with, with this labor shortage that has been in existence since the recession that happened 12 years ago or so, that we really need to start thinking about how we move a lot of the construction operations off site, how we make them mm-hmm. more efficient and how we can really leverage technology to, get to the point where we don't need to rely on all the plumbers and electricians that just aren't out there anymore.
0: Yeah, I I love architecture and I I probably am, you know, there's there are many of us, I imagine, people that love to watch all these videos of home building online. And I was watching a recent video of these kind of 3D printed houses. So that sounded that sounded amazing, actually. I guess I don't know how real that is yet. Probably, probably you're going to tell me it still weighs off.
1: <laughs> it's coming. And there's been a, a couple of really impressive pilot programs out there where local building associations have built an entire house in a week where they've 3D printed a lot of it, had everybody scheduled out behind it and been able to build an entire new house that looks just as good as one that takes months to build in a week or 10 days. So it's coming. So, it's the future.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I. I uh, definitely um gonna save some, save my pennies so I can do that someday. That would be my. That's one of my goals. But tell me a little bit about the shorter term future. Uh, you know, this is an interesting year. We're working our way out of this pandemic. There still seems to be a lot of demand for housing. What What are the priorities this year?
1: I, I would say my top two priorities for us to bring to our builders would be more attainable product. That's kind of the buzzword in the industry as prices just keep creeping up. I look at our average sales prices today versus even just three years ago, and it's hard to believe. So a lot of today's buyers, whether they be millennials or the people that we primarily serve, baby boomers, they don't need the amount of space that traditional floor plans have had and and zoning regulations, quite frankly, have insisted on since the 90s. So Mm. we're really working on getting product that's going to be, two to 300, even in some cases, 500 square feet from a starting point lower than where we are right now and allow us to get a broader market than we're we're able to get right now building. Our average house is about 2000 square feet, which is still small compared to a lot of builders. But when we're doing a 2000 square foot house and it's costing what it costs today, there's certainly opportunity to maybe go down to a 1500 or even a 1200 square foot house. And the buyers that we have, they're empty nesters. They wanna spend their time at restaurants and at the clubhouse and the community center. And they don't need all the space that a lot of traditional floor plans have mapped out for them.
0: Yeah, that's a it's a really good point. I I must admit that uh, now that my my own children are heading off to university and, and that's gonna be the next phase, the idea of a of a large property is the last thing you want, right? Just <laughs> seems like too much work, too much work. But uh, I love that thinking and, and being more efficient. So uh, in, in terms of things like the supply chain, you're seeing shortages literally across the board on like lumber and all elements.
1: Yeah, it's uh, not so much lumber. I mean, lumber, the, the prices have been going crazy for the last yeah. two years, but we're, we're still able to get it. And it's, it's really a game of whack-a-mole. It's, it's something different every week. One week it's mm. garage doors, one week it's vinyl siding, and another week it's insulation. So that's been the real struggle. You just don't know until you get that call from the subcontractor and they say, hey, I can't get insulation for another week, so the house is gonna sit. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, I'm I'm excited about the building marketplace and I can see how the Epcon franchising model can really, really help. Small to medium sized businesses get to that next level, which is spectacular. If somebody wanted to learn more about what you're up to, Paul, where should they find you?
1: you can find me pretty easily on LinkedIn, Paul Hansen. And uh, also, our website is epconfranchising.com, E P C O N.
0: Excellent. Well, we've been speaking with Paul Hansen. He is the president of Epcon Franchising. They work with builders who want to grow much larger, simplify their operations and diversify into new product lines. We are living in a very dynamic building marketplace and, and Paul and his team are making it happen and moving it forward. Thanks so much for talking to us today, Paul, and we look forward to having you back on the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Cheers.